Nation of the Porch, as the great Jack Fleming used to say, here comes the Major, and he's going to be right here on the porch with us tonight. We're talking all things West Virginia football, golf, life, little fantasy football with Major Harris, the great number nine, whose number is going to be immortalized at Milan Pushkar Stadium forever, starting on Saturday at 3.30 versus Oklahoma State. We're going to hit on that game with Gundy and crew coming to town, the quarterback that made your face in, in that famous Sun Bowl back in 87 when it was snowing when we came to El Paso. We'll also talk about the victory over the Clones last Saturday and why it was so big for Neil Brown and company with another opportunity to get a big upset win this weekend ahead. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things West Virginia football here on the porch with Major Harris. Let's go. Stiff arms, a would-be tackler, comes out of the 25 and 20, goes around about the 15 to 10 to 5, a touchdown with Virginia, he did it! What a move he made on the first tackler, what a move he made on the second, on the third, and he gallops in for the touchdown, picks him all the way in! Major, thanks for coming on the porch, man. Uh, very excited to have you. Uh, big weekend for yourself, obviously, going up into the uh, to the ring there, up behind the uh, end zone there, Mountaineer Field, Milan Pushkar. You know, 60,000 are going to be screaming and, and cheering just like they were when you were uh, playing out there, man. Can you kind of walk me through kind of how you're feeling emotionally less than probably 36 hours before we uh, get to see this big event? You know what, I really don't know how to take it. You know, it's a situation where, you know, it's like no instruction book on it. It's, it's like, man, how do you how do you handle that? How do you, you know what I mean? So basically, I'm just, uh, I guess, taking it as it comes, you know, yeah, uh, because it's really, it's almost like um, you can bring have a, a daughter or something like that or a son, you know, they, your girl's pregnant. It's like, it's, how do you really take that? You know what I mean? You're excited, but... You know, how do you handle it? Right. It's all foreign, right? You know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. how are the bright lights going to affect me when I come out there, man? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's a learning experience for sure. You don't get your jersey retired very often, so that's absolutely, can definitely understand that. Let me ask you, Major. So originally, you know, Pittsburgh native and what you've meant to this state, right? How does your Pittsburgh roots kind of impact you in terms of how you view the state of West Virginia now? and back then as well well you know growing up 
you know, in Pittsburgh, you know, when, when you hear West Virginia, you think that's far off somewhere. <laughs> right? You know Some I mean? backwoods or something, right? Yeah, yeah, well, no, no, I ain't going to say the backwoods. It's just, you know, because you grew up in Pittsburgh, that's all you know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So then when you hear, like, okay, if you hear Virginia, you might think Virginia's close because, you know, it's Virginia. But when you hear West Virginia, and, and as a kid, you living on the East Coast, you like West Virginia, you know what I mean? That's some way, way out somewhere. You know, my first thing in West Virginia was probably some someplace far off. You know what I mean? Then as I got older and then start getting into sports, then you start hearing, you know, West Virginia, because we had a, a Channel 22 in Pittsburgh, and they used to play a lot of the West Virginia basketball games. Okay, so all I right. I remember Lester Rowe, Greg Jones, and them, and that was the same channel where we get a lot of, like, WWF wrestling. Oh, uh, hey, know? Major, I'm a big WWE guy now. I love some WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, and that was a station that, you know what I mean? We had, this was for cable. So, and then I said, man, West Virginia must be close, close by because I remember they used to wrestle up in Steubenville. Okay. So The burger, the bird, right? As far as the wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, man, it must be close by. Then the thing that really brought it home as far as West Virginia um, was close to Pittsburgh is when Jeff Hosteller transferred Penn State to West Virginia. And uh, when he transferred there, then I'm like, oh, okay, West Virginia football. You know what I mean? Right. But before that, I really didn't know too much about West Virginia football. So your initial experiences with, with WVU was basketball, which is wild. Uh, Major, you know, I was kind of watching during during quarantine especially some of the 88 season, and I remember them talking about how you were a big basketball fan first and foremost. And so I want to ask you real quick, do you think you could have played for Coach Hugs? Well, you know, you know, he, he a legend. That's a le- he's a legendary coach. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it's wild because I used to follow his program when he was at Cincinnati. I didn't even know at the time that he, he went to West Virginia. You know, because uh, when you know when I was there, you know what I mean. We had we had a legendary coach. You know what I mean at the time there. You know what I mean. So I didn't really know Coach Hugs was from there. So when he ended up. Taking over the coaching job. Um, I mean, who was the, the, the one guy went to Michigan? He Beeline, coach. coach Beeline. Yeah, he, yeah, Coach Beeline. Yeah, he was a great coach. I mean, we had a lot of great coaches, but you know, you can't ask for a better situation than somebody that's basically you know from West Virginia and played there. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? So once he got the job, I was like, man, I was a coach at Cincinnati. I remember when he had um, had them, you know, basically. You know, top top ten team year in and year out. Oh yeah, you know when, I mean? when he had Kenny Martin and Van yeah, Axel. Yeah. Oh man, it was. I major. I remember I was a kid and we would we would run around pretending we were Cincinnati and Michigan State players, not <laughs> WVU players. You know, so obviously you said your first interactions with West Virginia was basketball, but then when Hostetler came, it kind of changed your perspective on West Virginia football. What was kind of the driving force to bring you to Morgantown? You know, who was the coach that really was most instrumental in getting you there to Morgantown? Well, you know, growing up, I didn't realize that, you know, like when I was young, I didn't think I would be a, a, a college football player. You know, my thing was basketball. So what had happened was when I started playing football in high school, I started getting a lot of press for for basketball. Oh, I mean, excuse me, for football mm-hmm. and not basketball. So <laughs> You're like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So now my priorities changed. So now... I'm starting to get recruited for football, so now I'm going to start looking at schools. So now West Virginia pop up again. And at the time, you know, now I'm looking at them as far as 
um, you know, where where can I go to college at? And they had, what's, what's ironic, they had John Talley playing quarterback there, who was Daryl Talley's younger brother. Oh, awesome. Okay. And I, yeah, and I remember watching them on TV. They, we, they played a lot of, I want to say, nationally televised. Matter of fact, it was four games. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. that I remember watching them play. And um, I was like, man, here they play on TV, and man, you can watch it, you know, here in Pittsburgh. So, you know, my family can see me play. So then when I went to the football camp down there, I was like, man, it's close to home. And on top of that, um, if you want to say a guy that was instrumental in me going to West Virginia was probably Milton Redwine. He went to he went to uh, my high school, and um, he ended up coming down to West Virginia to play. Okay. So he used to come home and talk about, you know what I mean, you know, West Virginia, you know, man, everybody got to watch us. We're a team on the rise and stuff like that. Then I went to the football camp. Met Coach Nealon, and, and, you know, I, I fell in love with it. Rest, Rest is history, it. right? Yeah. So it was kind of like, and, and, I, and Major, I, I do a lot of HR, right? That's what I do. And I, I like to build a pipeline. So essentially, the, the pipeline was built from former guys to get you up there. That's awesome. So let me ask you, you know, you mentioned Coach Nealon. What was it like to play for Dandy Don, man? I mean, I remember him as a young kid early on with Amos Zerway and then, and then into the, the Mark Bolger era, and then finally winning that Music City Bowl. I mean, what was it like for you when you first got to meet Coach Nealon, and do you have a really good story uh, from Coach Nealon? You, you know, the, 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 my best story of Coach Nealon when I first met him, i never forget when I came down to the football camp. And, you know, watching him, like I said, I remember watching him on TV play, you know what I mean? Because he like, had four national televised games. So, you know, the Coach Nealon. So when I came down to his football camp, the thing, you know, you know, he comes and, and he's talking to all the players. And, you know, we like, damn, that's Coach Nealon. <laughs> then it was funny because after, like, the first practice, we, like, in the locker room. And Danny, his son, is in there, like, giving out towels and different things like that. And I said, damn, the head coach, he, he even passed out towels. Because it's funny, back then when Coach Nealon was a little younger, him and, to me, him and Daddy were like twins. <laughs> so you thought the head coach was passing out the yeah. towels as well. <laughs> That's hard work right there. <laughs> yeah. I tell the story a lot. I said, man, it was crazy. The, the head coach afterwards, he, he handed out towels. and You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, you know, it's funny. If you ever get a chance, if you go back to like 1985, 84, mm-hmm. and, you, and you get a picture of Coach Nealon and get a picture of of Danny Nealon, you would see what I'm saying. <laughs> and then when I finally seen them together, I said, oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you kind of, you realize, you're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was funny. It was funny. You ever get a chance, you got to do research on that, man, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I, 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 I've, I've, seen, I've seen Danny. Um, I had a couple buddies who did the equipment managers up there when they were in school. And so I, it's that's wild that they looked at alike when, they, when Coach Nealon was younger. Um, yeah. So, you know, I listened to the Coach Brown show, and I had a question for you about that. What do you think makes Coach Brown the real deal? We like to call him the real deal Neil on the porch here at Major. What do you really like about him, what you've seen from afar, and then obviously kind of this weekend getting to get to know him even better? Well, you see him on the team growing as a team as far as in the Big 12. You know, you know when we first got in the Big 12, we really didn't know what to expect. You know, right. we play Oklahoma, Texas. But now we really feel when we go out there and play, we can beat them. So that's, you know, that's a testament to the coach. You know what I mean? Now, like, like we can play Oklahoma State. We don't think we can just compete. We think we can beat them. We expect you know to I mean? win. 
Yeah, yeah. Basically, we expect to win, so that's a testament to the coach. And I and I think you, you're right. He's moving into that that category where we feel we can beat anybody. And then when you got everybody thinking like that, and you're seeing the results on the field, you can't you can't say nothing but to say you know you know he's the real deal. Yeah, and it rhymes so well, Major. You know, it's almost like it was <laughs> it, it, it writes itself. So you just talked about you know us now being in the Big Twelve, obviously, and the way the league's going and everything like that. Which team in the conference would you most have liked to played against back in the day? I know you played against Oklahoma State in the Sun Bowl, and I want to hit on that in a minute. But which team would you most like to kind of went up against on an every year basis? Well, you know, with all of them, to be honest. Now, I, I would say this: when we was in the, I guess the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? We had a couple teams where we kind of knew going into the game we was going to win. You know what I mean? Right. The Rutgers of the world, right? The Cincinnati's back in the day. Not now, but... (laughs) You know, Temple, Rutgers, you know what I mean? You know going into the... Even, you know, I hate to say it, even Cincinnati, we kind of knew that we probably would beat them, Louisville. You know, even though Louisville and Cincinnati was a little bit better than, like, the Temples, but we kind of knew that, you know what I mean? Whereas in the Big 12, I mean... No off days, really, other than Kansas, right? Yeah, yeah. No off days. You know what I mean? So it, it, it even makes it that much tougher because you can be a team, beat Oklahoma, Texas, um, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and then, you know what I mean, you sitting down and over and lose to Kansas State or something. You know what hey, I mean? The, so, Major, the Purple right? Cats are always for real now. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah. tough under Coach Kleiman. Yeah. So, so, Major, I got to ask you real quick, though. If you were playing Texas and you had the chance to flash some horns down, no doubt, right? <laughs> no doubt. Um, so, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this one real quick. My dad always talks about that Sun Bowl and about how the one time we go out to El Paso, Texas, it snows on West Virginia. Can you kind of walk me through that and how that was? And they talk about that kind of being your breaking out party, right? And the fact that it was Coach Gundy, you were going up against him in a quarterback matchup, and then to know that two of the best running backs in the game. On the other sideline, and we came within a whisker of beating them. Yeah, you, you know what's funny? I remember Coach Nealon, and you know we all heard of Thurman Thomas. You know, they, they, you know he was like all American. And he had that little crossbar through the middle, man. That that helmet was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coach Nealon said, "Y'all think he's good? The backup's even better." <laughs> it was Barry Sanders, and what was funny? Barry Sanders he led the nation in punt kickoff return that year. You, you know what I mean? To the next right. one has him. But I remember when Coach Nealon said that, and I remember, you know, like before the game start, the quarterbacks and receivers go out and the punt returners and punters and kickers go out. And I remember going out on the field, and I remember Barry Sanders was catching punts. And I was like, little bow-legged dude, man. I mean, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't that big at all. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at him, and, and it's, it's stuck in my mind that the next year, that's what all hell broke loose. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, mean? Now, the, now, when you went to the Heisman, right, He was you were in New York City with him, correct? Well, he wasn't there. They had a game. I want to say they was over in – they was out of, out, of, out of the country, but his family was there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like his brother and his mom and his dad, they was all there. But um, he wasn't there because <laughs> they had a game. Yeah. The human highlight reel that Barry Sanders was, I mean, I remember being a kid and watching him and Emmett Smith, and it was like – Whoa, this guy is unbelievable and had that, that face shield and you're like, man, he's he's a different dude. Um oh, Major yeah. Major, let me let me ask you here, man. You know, um you know, talking about being a different dude, everyone always says in college, you were just a little ahead of your time, right? You know, and, and I know you're a big fantasy football player. You know, my boy Jeremy told me, 
you know, that he, he got you by a whisker there in fantasy a few weeks back. What quarterback? <laughs> he said you almost pulled a comeback on him. But which quarterback do you see in the league right now in the NFL that you think, you know what, I played a lot like that guy? Well, you know, um, well, a, a lot of a lot of guys, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be honest, right? Um, you know, I guess the way he runs, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would, would say that. You know what I mean? I think you got um, a stronger arm, though, Major, from what I've seen. Say that again. I think you got a stronger arm than him, though, from what yeah, I've seen. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think that. Um, but but he's you know he's growing as a quarterback. Too, mm-hmm. because, you, know, you know, I got him on a couple of my fantasy teams. And, <laughs> He sort of throw for a lot of 300 yards. Right, right. You know, you know what I mean? But um, I would have to say I like the, I like, I like the Sean Watson. Mm-hmm. I like the way because he's like a, I would call like a 50-50 quarterback. He can run, but he don't run as much. Right. You know what I mean? But he looks to pass first, run. right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I think that's what I was probably more of. When I would scramble, I would look to throw it first. Right, you right. You know what I mean? Than, than the run. And so, I, yeah, I would say that's the only difference, I think, well, probably me and Lamar Jackson, if I get out, break out on the outside, instead of taking it up, unless it might be third and three, or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I go get the first down. Right. But I'm looking to throw the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hit your boy Reggie down the sideline right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and Jeremy told me that you had some unfortunate news with Derrick Henry. I'm in the same camp, man. Oh, man. I mean, a crushing blow. So I got to ask oh. you, you know, what'd you end up doing? Because I didn't know what to do. I, I'm, I, I'm struggling right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's a hurt piece, man. You lose, you know. I mean, arguably, you know, the most dominant player out there other than the quarterback. Oh, yeah. You know. Easily. So, you, you know, we always say, you know, he put a quarterback number. So, it's like I got two quarterbacks playing you know what I mean, <laughs> in the standard league. Exactly. So, um, what happened, you know, in a, a lot of leagues I'm in, it's based on waiver wires. Like, they got a, a continuous waiver wire. One league I ended up getting, I went and got Adrian Peterson. Okay. For the simple fact that, you know, hopefully he get over there and get like 15, 20 carries. But the leagues where I didn't have the number one waiver wire, I tell you, I went and picked up because one of my other, uh, another back that I got in in a lot of leagues is the Chiefs running back, um, the Edwards dude. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he comes back soon. That's been big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I didn't pick up Gore. I I didn't walk across the board and picked up that running back Gore. Okay. And I'm hoping that, uh, the Aegis Wonder, Frank, right? No, 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 not Frank Gore. It's another Gore. Oh. I, mean, I don't even think they're related. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Major, I got to do some brushing up then, man. I've been I've been two in yeah, college yeah, here lately. Yeah, it's a Gore. You know, they, and, and matter of fact, they said they ain't even related. So I picked him up. I'm hoping that he can hold the fort down until, um, you know what I mean, Edwards come back. Absolutely. I want to ask you a couple, a couple more things here, in particular about Morgantown, and not just necessarily on the field. If you give me a best memory from the field, obviously, because – That'd be great, but what's your best memory in terms of like, man, the best food joint you had there, or place you like to go get a drink, man? What what was your favorite spot in Morgantown back in the day? Well, you know, we 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 had a couple spots, you know. But I'll be honest, I'm I'm a basic guy, you know. I go to McDonald's, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I go to McDonald's, a Big Mac, you know what I mean? Hey, so that was my thing. Hey, McDouble, McDouble's will get you through school now. They they got me through school too, Major. So I mean, hey, you know what? A, a McDouble and Mac sauce. That's my thing. That's you know right. I mean? that Mac sauce. Absolutely. Hey, now I want to ask you real quick here too. Jeremy told me, avid golfer. You know, I kind of wanted to ask you, man. Like, who's the best golfer that you've ever played with, man? If you want to name drop, you can. But 
who was your favorite player to play with, and then who was probably the most famous person you played golf with? Well, I remember I was at a at a bar with um, Jim Furyk. I was in a bar. Uh, with him. He's a great guy. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I was in a bar with with him, and uh, you know he was telling me about how he grew up. You know, he got that unorthodox swing. You know, but I was impressed with that because anytime people can look at somebody and say, "Man, you ain't doing it right," and he stick with it and and basically perfect it, that's right? Impressive. You know what I mean? Extremely so, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Take, I, I would say Jim Furyk. Yep. That's awesome, Major. It's, it's funny. I remember when Jim Furyk came to the, the Greenbrier Classic. We were down there in the VIP seats. It was raining, and he had to go get beers for his wife, just like the rest of us. And I thought, my <laughs> goodness, man, that's my dude. Uh, so what you say? He was acting like who I thought Coach Nealon was when he was Danny Nealon. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, Major, favorite – Um, let me ask you, man. Favorite course that you've ever played on, man? Oh, you know what? I just played down um, at the, the Greenbrier. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you, you know, you, when you, you know, at first, when I first started golfing, I was just out there golfing. But right. But then as you try to get better, and then you start looking at tradition and things like that, and, you know, the tradition of the Greenbrier, you know what I mean? Like, man, that's big. You know what I mean? Definitely. Well, Old White, was that your favorite one yeah. out there? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Major, yeah. have you ever got to play Pikewood before? No. Uh, man, no. nobody gets to. I, I I have a buddy who's an assistant pro, and he, he he's the one who came up with the golf questions. We have a golf nerd show, too. And uh, uh -huh. he's like, man, if he doesn't say Pikewood, he's lying. And I said, I'll yeah, ask him, yeah, Jamie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey. I tell you, what's the name, man? That Pete Dow course. Oh, that, yes. That ain't a bad course. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, Major, so let me ask you, man, real quick on that, too. Handicap, man. Mine is typically my clubs in my bag, but what's yours? <laughs> You know what, I, I say this, I, I say, I, I look at handicap, if it's a course I played before, I'm going to play better, you know what I mean? Now, if you took me out to a course I never played before, and, and you know what I mean, I'll get some pars, but I probably just have more bogeys from the standpoint of that's not knowing the course, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I, think, I think it's based on if you played, if I played a course a couple of times, you know what I mean, if you had to flip a coin uh, being a bogey or par, if I played it more, I would par it more than bogey. You know it, what I mean? It's all about course knowledge, right? I mean, if you have it, you know what's going on. Absolutely, Major. Um, that's, that's funny you say that. I got one for you to try. If you're ever in the Asheville area, got to try Sequoia National. That place is absolutely beautiful. It's like the stadium course in the mountains, Major. It's, it's, worth, it's worth it. Now, are you talking about Asheville, Kentucky? No, um, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. It's oh, out there on the oh, okay. on the oh, Cherokee Range. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's it is it is one of the best. I want to ask one more football question here, buddy, and then then I wanted to uh, kind of get your picks there. Uh, okay. I'm so happy you're going to help us here with the celebrity pickers this week. Let me let me ask you this, real real quickly here. The run against Penn State. When you put five dudes essentially on skates and and uh, pretty much invented and became the father of the counter option, right? Can you describe that, like, and how that feels now watching that and, like, knowing, man, that was me? Well, you know, it was, you know, when I look back on it, I don't even really remember the play. I remember <laughs> running, I, I remember coming up to the line telling the guys, hurry up. And then everything just was a blur. You know what I mean? Right. And then the next thing I know, I'm on a, I'm on a sideline, half fast. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Playing a fight but, uh, song, right, Major? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, you know, when I look back on it, I remember. The one thing I remember I'm telling the guys, get up to the line, 
And I remember in my mind it was an option, but I just forgot which way it went. <laughs> hey, it worked out for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, and, and then also, too, it just dawned in my mind, Coach Wallace, you know, listening to him and Tony growing up on the radio, playing football, and just they had that in the background a lot. Does that kind of speak to you sometimes, hearing Coach Wallace still being as much of the program as he is on the radio? Yeah, yeah, I w- I'm glad to see that. I'll be honest with you because, you know, I, I, I think Coach Wallace's knowledge of the game, I really thought that once he left West Virginia, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. You know, if I had to, you know, bet on who would be the next head coach to come out of Coach Nealon's staff, I would have bet on Coach Wallace. You know, then when you look, you know, like, uh, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't in the room with Coach um, Coach Holiday, but, you know, I was definitely in the room with Coach Wallace. And I, you know, I would have bet that he would be a head coach somewhere. So then years later to see that he's, you know, doing a color commentator, that's big. Because really, if you listen to him, you can see the type of knowledge he got in the game. I love it. He is so positive. I, I feel like Coach Wallace has seeped into me football-wise. It's like, continue to matriculate the ball down the field. Don't be... Don't be too flashy. Get Take what you can. Continue to stay positive. I love listening to him. That's interesting you talked about Doc there, Major. Um, man, loved him at Marshall. And a Hurricane guy, I, I thought he did a great job with that program. Always was a great recruiter. Um, was awesome. I got one other one, Major. One of, our, one of our buddies, too, had to ask this question, okay? He said, and I, I, have to, I have to quote it the way he said. He said, is Major the coolest first name in program history? And if not... Which one was cooler? Do you have one in mind? I only have one I could even think of that even is close to you, buddy. He said, and it was Jock Sanders was the only other one. Oh, yeah, that's a nice name. I mean. Well, you know what? You know, Noel Devine. I like that one. Noel, 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 right? (laughs) I I definitely like that one. Absolutely. Hey, Major, thank you so much for joining us on the porch, man. And then, um. Thank you for joining us on the porch, uh, Major. And, and, man, really appreciate you being our you know, celebrity guest picker this week. So I got eight ones here for you, man, uh, and I think you'll kind of enjoy these, hopefully. So the first one here, obviously, the big, the big game Saturday in Morgantown, your special day, the 11th-ranked Cowboys, Mike Gundy's squad coming to Morgantown. What do you think, Major? Yeah, I like it. You like the like the dog. I'm with you, Major. Let's howl. Let's be the dogs uh, Saturday, just like we were versus the the clones there last Saturday. Total in that game is 49 over under. What are you thinking there? Well, I, man, our defense, man, very man, good. Defense, you know what I mean? I mean, for real, that defense is really, you know, to me, this one our better defenses, man. I mean, because now I'm looking at, I don't care who we play, that we can go in there and shut them down, so. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, 49. I kind of like that under. I love it, Major. I love the under. It, it's funny because the way we played defense against Iowa State Saturday, even though you gave up 31 points, it was just a couple big plays. And it, it, it yeah. we could have easily slowed them down even more. And, you know, Major, I want to ask this question real quick of you. When you watch Brock Purdy play, does he somewhat remind you of yourself a little bit, just a touch? Yeah. Well, you know, you know the, one thing, the one thing I like about it, He's, he's a heads-up quarterback, and he's always, even when he's scrambling, he's looking to throw that a little bit. Exactly, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah. Next one here, and, and we have to do it, uh, the Pitt Panthers going to Wallace Wade Stadium to take on the Duke Blue Devils. Duke is a 21-point dog. What are you thinking there? You know, I'm a little worried about Pitt because, you know, they had the letdown last yep. week. Yep, losing to the U, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm a little worried about them. But I think if if see you know one one thing I always look at 
you know, you never know how a team is going to respond after a couple losses if they don't see the national championship in sight. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, Absolutely. Times you don't really know who's going to show up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And But I think in this case, I think I like Pitt. I like Pitt. Okay. Pitt, Pitt minus 21. Next one here, Major. Michigan State, uh, the number three ranked Spartans, going to Purdue. Uh, Purdue is a three-point dog. You like Michigan State or you like Purdue? Oh, man, that running game for Michigan State is something. It's the truth, isn't it? You know I mean? Yeah, that running back. Man. You know, I think, I think, I think Michigan State is either going to blow them out or it's going to be close, but I like Michigan State. I like it. I like it. Next one here, Major. Um, number 13th ranked Auburn going down to Cowfield to take on our boy Jimbo, West Virginia native as well, number 14 in his Texas A&M Aggies. They are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What do you like in that game? Oh, man. Uh, man, that's, that's a toss-up. But, you know, i got to go with the home team because, you know what I mean, they at home. Absolutely. Hey, and, and they beat Bama down there, so I don't think Auburn's going to be much of a problem, honestly. Yeah. Um, next one here, Major. Liberty going to Ole Miss, number 16th-ranked Rebels. The lane train got that offense really cooking down there. Ole Miss is a nine-and-a-half point favorite. What do you like in that one? Have you seen Malik Willis play from Liberty? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think this is a big game for him, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's going up against a team that got a pretty good offense and see if he can, if they can hang with him, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Liberty. I'm going to go because Liberty been the team, well, since he got there, you know, they've been a team that's been on a, a lot of people's radar. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll you freeze. It's kind of the you freeze bowl, right? I mean, he's coming back yeah. to Ole Miss, and so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I like that pick, Major. I like that pick a lot. Got two more here for you. The next one, two of your Eastern Conference rivals back in the day, Penn State going to Maryland. Maryland's a 10-point dog at home. What are you thinking there? Oh, man. Oh, wow. That's going to be a good one. Um, but I, I think Penn, Penn State has got a solid spot. But, you know, I think Penn State coming off a loss. You know, so I, I kind of, um, you know, put that into the equation. Um, man, you know what? I'm going to say – I am going. I like the um, like 10 points. Yeah, I'm with you, Major. And at home, Bird Stadium, the Snake Pit. Yeah. And, and you got two of his brothers slinging it around for the Terps. I, I'm with you. Yeah. La- last pick, Major, here. Texas – Going to Iowa State, you got the monkey gate thing going on there with assistant coach. You got Jack Trice at night. Iowa State coming off the loss, obviously, in Morgantown. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What are you thinking there? Man, you know what, Texas, you know, you know they got great football down Texas. So I, I really think Texas could go anywhere and beat anybody. Mm-hmm. But in this game, well, being that they lost to us, and it's, you said six-and-a-half. It's six-and-a-half right now. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take Texas. I'm gonna take Texas. I like it plus the points, Major. I I think Iowa State's gonna win, but I like your six and a half. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you so much, man, for for stepping in here. I got a feeling you're probably gonna roast us all here on the season. I've got a four game lead on my other fellas here, so you know, thank you. So, and, and the guest pickers, they're right there with us too. So, Major, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it, and um, have a great time Saturday, man. I know you will. And also want to want to shout out Jeremy for hooking us up, man. And uh, go down to Select Cards and uh, check them out. Uh, yeah, not me. Jeremy got probably the best team. You know I mean? <laughs> Does he now? 
He told me you have Dak too, Major. Yeah, yeah, I got Dak. You know, he was hurt a little bit. That one stung uh, last week a little bit, but, but then, uh, then seeing Cooper yeah, rush yeah. like that, whoo. Man, but I tell you, but uh, you know, he didn't like in this league we in. Whoever had the most points for the week, you know what I mean, with the pot money. Oh, that's what's up. And, I, and he didn't want three or four of them. Really? So, now this thing's solid. Yeah. He doesn't need any more money, Major. He doesn't need any more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Major, thank you so much, man. I really, yeah. truly appreciate it. Truly appreciate it, sir. Uh, was a pleasure, pleasure um, talking with you. And um, hopefully, we can have you back sometime later on the porch, man. Maybe talk a little more golf. Uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know. A- have a great evening. Oh, Zach, what is up, my man? Section one thirty was very good to us on a Saturday afternoon, that weird 2 o'clock kickoff. Man, was it not a perfect day for football in Morgantown, my friend? Man, just immaculate fall weather. Once the tailgating was over and the game got going, it was all you could ask for. A little, little bit of drizzle, a little bit of rain, a little bit of sogginess throughout the tailgating session. But once kickoff happened, man, it was about as good as it gets. Now, Zach, let me ask you. So We'll kind of get to pregame here real quick. You were out in the tailgate and getting drenched like a dog, right? Oh, yeah. I was in it. Okay. Good for you. I did not do that. Um, we got into town. A buddy <laughs> – I'm getting old, man. You know, <laughs> uh, A buddy of mine said, hey, hit us up at the beanery. Now, let me tell you something real quick here. I love the beanery. Oh, yeah. Now, this is something that I, I have to tell you here. Uh, my friend, Mr. Cody Campbell – we, uh, we might have tailgated together for VT. And then we went to Guys Line Out together for TCU. So it was like, I think that I might stop by the beanery on Saturday and see and see Cody and his father, right? So we got in there, wink, wink, nod, nod, and uh, had a nice, hmm. nice meal, still raining. We leave, right? And it was like, started being less. And then we got, walked in the stadium. It was, it was barely drizzling. And by the time we got to our seeds, Zach, I don't think it rained again till what middle of the fourth quarter, and it was barely a sprinkle at that. I don't even think it did that. I don't think it rained again until right after the game. Like, yeah, we got back to the tailgate spot. Like it was, it was dry the whole game, which it didn't seem like it was. No, perfect. It was perfect, man. It was a perfect Saturday for college football in Morgantown. I mean, you couldn't ask for more for the riot bowl, as they like to call it there between uh, Iowa State and our Mountaineers. Zach, let's just get into the into the teeth of this thing real quick, my friend. I mean, first drive, we're like, yo, this looks good at first. Then we got a punt, and then Brees Hall takes it 70. And I know Second. me and you both have got to be thinking the same thing. We're like, oh, my Lord, this thing, we better we better figure it out. But, the man, we responded immediately, and real, we did it real the tight entire B-hole. game. Real, real tight B-hole to start a second straight game. <laughs> but you know what? I think it shows the DNA of this football team, right? Two straight weeks, that, you slap in the face right off the bat, and you come back, and you punch you punch them right back in the mouth, right? Yep. I mean that 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 initial drive for us, I guess. Pardon me, our second drive after Brees Hall takes it seventy, that was a thing of beauty. I uh, I just love seeing that happen. Obviously, you'd like it to happen under different circumstances. It'd be nice to not have to get punched in the mouth to respond, but. Hey, 
better days will come as far as that's concerned. They're not going to, you know, teams aren't going to keep breaking off massive plays game after game on us, or at least we hope. But <laughs> hey, not- but you know what? If Oklahoma State gets an early score on us, we'll, we, we, won't, we won't necessarily hang our heads and say this thing's over. You no, know, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. And I and I love that about this team right now. I think it's I think it just shows kind of what we might be about. I mean, man, you think about it. A 12 play 75 yard drive right after the touchdown from Brees Hall. I mean, y- and you looked at that drive. I mean, you had a chunk play to Winston Wright for 19. Esdell was making plays. TJ Banks uh had a big catch How about on that the tight end? for 17. He looked great on Saturday. And Letty Brown had a couple, you know, pounding runs. And you could just tell even on that on that touchdown drive from Letty, he was moving to speed. He was churning. You're like, all right, all right. We, we might have something tonight. And then, of course, you know, they punt, you know, when, when Purdy almost got the first down. And then we, we bring out Gigi. Let me ask you real quick, Zach, thoughts on that? Deggie was moving the ball, looked great on that drive. We bring out Green. Um, real quickly, man, because he's your boy. What do you, what'd you think? So, the past couple games when we put in Garrett, I've been like, this is not (laughs) not the right time. It seems like the third drive is just when they really want to do it. and It's it's the script, I believe. It's a scripted thing. And I'm like, God, I mean, just let let Deggie cook. He's doing his thing. Leave him alone. And he's cooking all right. Oh, man. I mean, really cooking. We'll uh we'll give his we'll give him some love. We're gonna gas that man up a little bit, I think. <laughs> I think he deserves it. I mean, hell being the third rated uh quarterback in PFF. I mean that's... a week where Caleb Williams goes ballistic, so you No, and Sam Howe um Another was also up in that mix. Yeah. And he's a potential pro. Yeah, those are those are good names to keep company with, which Daggy's still leading the Big Twelve in passing yards. Obviously he's leading in attempts and completions too, so that kind of goes hand in hand, but He's putting the numbers up. He's still got to go out there and do it. Absolutely. So, Zach, you know, and and we'll get more into day as we continue to keep talking here a little bit about this game. But, man, then the big play when Purdy sidesteps Josh Chandler-Semito on what will look like a sack and and Milton is just sitting down there wide open, Tariq Milton. By the way, my cat's name is Milton. So, that was like, oh, man, come on, Milty. You know what I mean? Um, What are you doing, Milty? Come on, Milty. What's up? And Milty, by the way, is 18 years old. No oh, joke. He's one. Of, he's he's an elder statesman. He is. He man, but he still gets around. You know, still got that cat like witness. Um, but then, but then to show back up after that touchdown, right, and respond with another seventy-five yard drive, nine plays. I mean, uh, Bryce, I, I, Bryce Ford Wheaton coming in there with with a big, big reception to keep a drive alive, and then the touchdown catch on that drive. BFW was was making plays. Letty was churning out chunk runs of eight, seven. And Esdell was making big catches for us as well along the sideline. I mean, and I'll tell you what, Esdell early was amazing. Um, I was walking out of the stadium with some Iowa State folks, and they said, man, that number nine, Esdell, he's phenomenal. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he was on Saturday. Dude makes tough catches with the best of them across the middle. To kill shorts like, right? Ooh. Kind of same vein. He had interesting hands and he would take poundings, but he would always keep a hand on the ball. Hmm. That's a very interesting, interesting. And you know what? Interesting about Isaiah Esdell, uh, Zach, because um, 
his number will no longer be worn in the stadium uh, after Saturday. And as you guys know, we got done talking talking to the mage there earlier. Um, Esdell's doing that number proud right now. Yeah, absolutely. But you mentioned BFW. Nobody had a bigger day than he did on Saturday, except for no. Daggy, of course. But you can't have one without the other. I mean, you, you talk about that touchdown that he had the corner near the end zone. Daggy couldn't have put it in a better spot, but no. Bryce had two guys right there on him, so he started to make the catch, get the feet in. Hell of a catch. And not oh, even his best one beautiful today. Beautiful catch. No, no, it wasn't. And I know me and you might argue a little bit about that second one, too. But, I mean, like you said, hey, Daggy no couldn't have Call on the field, call on the field. <laughs> it, it stood. It stood. Call was confirmed. That's all I care call, about. Call was confirmed, Zach. All we needed. Um, I mean, like you said, Daggy couldn't have literally placed that ball any better told bfw there and it was like okay we're ready to rock here and then obviously the next drive um we were able to to stop Brees for a five-yard loss and then we sacked sacked purdy um and he's like houdini back there i mean my dad mentioned he's like he reminds me of doug flutie just a hell of a lot taller purdy's a beast man he's Given us fits for years and years, and we we finally got him back on one end of his uh, run of Brocktober's once and for yes, all. Sir. Hey, the mic drop um, was was completed there on on Saturday on Brocktober. Uh, they kind of I heard it likened to uh, when John when John Thompson said, uh, and yep. uh, and and we closed down Brocktober. Uh, you know, granted, you know it's funny though. We talk about he's done, right? And probably he is because of I think his stock will rise. But I mean, uh, hey man, COVID's out there, and he could technically come back again if he really, really wanted to. Oh man, let's. Uh, I know. I'd entertain that. I'd rather not. I'd rather not throw that out in the universe. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to us. Um, <laughs> we would love him to, but you know, if he doesn't, it's cool. Um, Zach, the only you know, I will say the only time that we that we did not come through in the red zone all game was that next drive. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I can't even remember the third down and goal with the 14. Um, I just remember that we kind of stalled down there and it was the first time all game that we did so. Now, which drive was that that you're talking about? That, that's the one that to begin the second quarter, our first drive of the second quarter, um, when leg made the 31 yard field goal. I can't even remember how it ended, how that drive kind of got, we kind of got down there, made a couple plays because of the great punt return by Esdell, um, put us in great position. And that's when he had a couple of nice passes to Winston right on that drive, got us inside the 10. Then Mathis lost three. We completed a little screen pass for a loss of a yard, and then we completed the third down pass. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in a day where they were moving the ball really well, I mean, they matriculated it pretty great pretty much all day. You know, at least we were able to come away with points on that one, Casey Legg being automatic like he's been all season. I mean, he's been he's been huge, no? And he earned that scholarship, brother. That's what I would say. Amen. He Couldn't have happened to a better kid. Cross Lane's Absolutely. native. Absolutely. Hey, Cross Lane's Christian man, a warrior right there. Our boy CJ uh, knows all about all about that. That's cool. That's his alma mater. So that's that's his guy. Um, and so, man, you know, our our next drive there, we're able to get Purdy and them off the field again. Our defense was really starting to kind of look like, man, we've got them figured out a little bit, right? And then, of course, the interception happens um, when kind of a, a bad luck situation there. The ball kind of deflects off. 
and kind of tick their uh, BFW's hands. And um, Iowa State's guy was just Johnny on the spot there to make that play. Um, yeah, that was, do... that was a perfect ball. That was right on Bryce's hands. That's one he absolutely wishes he had back. Definitely not on Daggy. Just a and free it happens. Play. And it happens, you know. Um, and then, you know, I, but then again, Iowa State, the next draft, we were able to slow him down, made him punt. Um, granted, that's when they punted inside, you know, of our five-yard line. And I do want to ask this question, Zach. Thoughts on the play calling there to end the half there for us. Um, I would have liked to seen another run uh, in that situation. Although I will say the way we were throwing the ball to the perimeter all game, had they been able to get that out just a touch quicker to Letty on the second and eight call, he probably has a first down. But Iowa State was just able to get enough penetration, had to move him off his spot just enough to where he had to go side-armed. The throw came out a little high. Letty caught it and his momentum carried him out of bounds. Tough break. Would have liked to not seen Iowa State get the ball back with enough time and in a good spot. But I want to get your thoughts on that, whether you thought, man, did you like that call, or would you rather seen us run the football there? I mean. It's tough to criticize play calling Saturday with the way it went, but that was a little one I'm like, eh, I would have rather not seen the Cyclones get that football back. Um, Iowa State had all three of their timeouts left. So if we'd have run it there, they could have stopped it at that time and gotten it back anyway. So I don't really think it mattered as far as they were concerned. They were trying to get the first down and extend the drive. So I feel like the timeouts that Iowa State had at the time probably played a factor in that. Right. And my my only thinking on that, my only thinking on that, Zach, is why did we not make them burn a timeout there? Although, granted, we did a heck of a job though to force them into the field goal when they got down in the red area there. Another the good play the by half. the defense. Yep. Yeah. Great play by the defense. Um. It, it kind of looked like – and I, I don't know how you felt about it when it was happening. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've dominated this first half and we're going to go down trail in 21-17. But we made a couple great plays there and uh, forced them to have to kick a 34-yarder themselves. So, good good red zone defense. Our red zone defense has been phenomenal all year. Minus one, of the best one the game against Baylor. Yeah, one of the best in the country. Absolutely. And I, I, would, love, I would love to know those numbers on that. I, I, I would imagine we have to be – Right up there. So, Zach at halftime, we're seventeen all. Noah Devine gets the big the big celebration. Did you get a handshake from him, my friend? I didn't. He was coming up the uh, coming up the bleachers. I didn't want to bother him. He had people bombarding him. I'm like, ah, I'll leave the guy alone. It was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, he was right in our section. So, you know, good uh, good seeing him get that honor. It was well deserved. It really was. I'll be honest, Zach. I went up there to go grab a beer with my buddy Cody um, at halftime, and so. I didn't even know it happened. Um, uh, but, but, our, but my boy, I, I didn't even know it, man. I was up there get, grabbing a beer, you know, was talking to him and had another friend we were talking with and just didn't even know it happened, man. Um, me and my girl went up there, didn't even know it. Um, had, know, a guy, had a guy was, behind us uh, went and dapped him up once for a cereal bar that he owned. Uh, that cereal bar. I'm sure he will. Um, was that the Grinch? <laughs> Dude, the fact that we saw the Grinch, the Grinch on Saturday in that section, and Zach, I cannot believe every time he kept moving his fingers there like the Grinch did. It was a great representation oh. of the 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 Grinch. Grinch. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I think. Although I will say, I saw a Ricky Naughton 
Ricky Naughton, excuse me. Oh, I saw a Ricky. I know, shake and bake, brother. <laughs> I saw a Cal Naughton Jr. in a Ricky Bobby costume leaving the stadium, and I'm like, that is phenomenal. Yeah, that was that was a great one. I saw that the night before on High Street, which probably shouldn't be on High Street anymore, got to say. Not, not my spot. <laughs> it wasn't even really my spot in college. I probably am done being over there forever. Zach, there's, there's moments in your life when – you look around and you say, yep, I'm too old for this shit. And yep. it happens to the best major, of us, man. And, and it major, might have happened to you this weekend. Major Danny Glover moment. <laughs> too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think it might have happened to you. I think it might have happened to you, buddy. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, my boy Vaughn, uh, who's in 130, who now you probably know by proxy because we had to keep the mojo rolling. We were scoring points. I made sure to come down. We talked. Me and you talked, especially once we got to 30, the magic number. And then, of course, uh, wanted to keep the mojo going with Vaughn as well. He he did get a handshake from Noel. So great spot there, man. Was was awesome to see him get get that um, that honor and uh, well deserved for him to be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. He was electric, man. A little different running back than old. Uh, than old Letty Brown, but uh, man, on a day when Letty Brown was running the football well, I'm sure Noel really appreciated that. So, Zach, let's get into the second half here, buddy. And I think we have to start with, you know, the, the play of plays, right, in terms of what we thought it might have been. And it was so early in the second half, I think it was good it was early. And it continued the theme of this team's going to punch back, right? That OPI, awful. I mean, you think about it, though. We did a great job getting him off the field. I remember – the second down run when Brees Hall lost eight yards, kind of trying to run a Magellan route behind everybody. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, my Lord, what's going on here? Got him off the field, and then, boom, the OPI. Worst call I think we've seen in a long, long time. After two great Letty runs, though, to start off that drive, and then we had the delay game, which I thought was a little funky, and then, of course, the uh, the interception where we kind of went to the well one too many times on that little – little route there to the perimeter to Letty, and Jake Hummel stepped right in front of him. He was a little late, and you could see it coming a mile away. But give me your thoughts on all that, my friend. No, I mean, we've talked about it all season, um, which obviously we wouldn't have been in this position if not for that horrendous OPI. I mean, just – Horrendous. Agreed. Just just, uh, despicable. Can't can't even believe they would consider calling that. I don't – this oh shit! Can't even think about it. It was bad. It was bad enough, Zach, to where me and you both, like, I walked down there to you and was like, "I'm have a feeling this could sink us." Like, and it, luckily, it was a heartbreaking it, moment. It was. Like you've it, been rolling for so much of the game, and it's, I don't know. Here, here it comes. But and that's yeah. what Iowa State does to you too. When they get you down, they throttle you, and it felt like, uh oh, like. This could be the moment it starts happening, and it did not. And I and I think that's a credit to our football team. But hit, hit me with a little more of your thoughts there on it, Zach. Yeah, I mean, the resolve of these guys, and we've talked about it all season with you made. The battery like that. And that's exactly what happened. The linebacker was right on Letty's hip, and he made the play. Daggy made a throw he should have. And, you know, turned into the worst case scenario, pick six. But like you said, the resolve of this team bounced back and, you know, they don't let it get them down. I believe they score the next drive, right? 
Yes, we did, Zach. And let's kind of hit on that real quick, right? So, you know, after all the momentum and the air's kind of sunk and you you felt like it was deflated, the crowd was kind of like, oh, no, you know, and the crowd was phenomenal Saturday. I don't think there's any question that the 45,000 plus that were there wanted to be there. They were engaged. Everybody that talked about this game talked about how, you know, how much of a difference it did make. Um, and it really did. I mean, and it, it really did. But you could feel the air kind of out of the crowd at that moment. And then Letty bust one up for 13, right? And you're like, okay, you know, everyone's, oh, first down West Virginia. And then you bring in Gigi on a second and seven, doesn't get much, right? The play of the game for me, Zach, as, as, as many great plays as there were, the moment I knew, all right, we're not going away and we're going to win this football game because we're the better team today, was when Jarrett Daigie hit Winston Wright for that big old 35-yard pass play on third down and six, just dropped it in on a dime. Um, and then, of course, the next play is the Bryce Ward Wheaton touchdown. But, I mean, those two plays back-to-back were, like, the plays of the game for me in the moment when I'm like, we're going to win this football game. And trying to see what he could do and what he had in the tank than me. But them going play-by-play, play, switching the guys in and out, you know, look no further than this game to see why that doesn't work out because you're – your huddle's getting messed up. Your play calling's getting delayed. It's causing you to take timeouts at inopportune times that you should not have to take, and it's just not working out. So I'm hoping that that kind of dies down a little bit because, or it changes in the in the manner it's being handled because it's just kind of messing with things and messing with the flow. I don't really care for messing with flow like that. But I, I, I agree with you, Green. Right. I agree with you, Zach, about messing with the flow. Although I do like seeing Garrett Green utilized here and there in those spots. I do. Especially if we can make something happen. But And I'll be honest, Saturday was not his game because Iowa State's defense is literally geared to stopping RPO. And the way they run that thing, they have, they have, the, they have essentially help for that D-end. He doesn't have to worry about crashing. So he can literally just kind of sit there, and it, it just didn't work. And, and – and, you know, it wasn't an ideal day to throw the football, and Green had a couple throws sail on him. It just wasn't his night, let's be honest. Um, and, and that's okay. But then for Daigie to come back in on third and six and hit that pass to Winston Wright, man, that was, I mean, such a phenomenal throw and catch. And then, of course, the Bryce Ford Wheaton play. Zach, I want to ask you, they talked about this. Best catch you've ever seen in the stadium? Oh, man. I've been there for a lot of good plays, a lot of good catches, but that is one of the most unbelievable catches I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. In person, no doubt, because not only was in the back of the end zone, not only did he catch it by the tip of the ball, the dude was horizontal with the ground. He was damn near parallel. It was Neo in the Matrix style. And for him to get a foot... Still hey, waiting to see the take D. Take it back, sir. You take it back. This is not Listen, Pat McAfee here, you know. I think allegedly. <laughs> I think my problem was that his shoe matched the color of the end zone, and I'm like, this is messing with me. I cannot see a point where his foot hit the ground. But hey, I'll take it all day. For him to make that play was just otherworldly. I it still was. cannot believe he made it. It absolutely was, Zach. It was otherworldly. It was probably the best catch I've ever seen in the stadium, man. Um I mean, I don't even think that's a prisoner of the moment deal. I think that's I, it. I don't either, man. I really don't either. I mean, 
a lot of people will mention the John Pennington catch, of course, right? Um, and that's a special one too. Um, but man, I mean, that was that was something special. It truly was something special. And I think at that moment we're like, yep, we've got this game. We've got this game. But then again, the next drive for Iowa State, that was really their only drive of the game, if you want to call it a drive. But let's be honest, it was just another big Brees Hall run for 53 where he literally carried our defensive players from like the 30 down to the four. And I, I kept thinking, and it was coming toward us, obviously. We're like, all right, we're going to get this ball out because there's like six dudes trying to rip it out from him for, for like 20 yards. Of course, it didn't happen. Right. And, oh, man, I'm still I'm still just taken away by that catch. I can't think about anything else. <laughs> we're still on the catch. We're like, we can't move off it. I mean, for West Virginia football, it is like the Dwight Clark from Joe Montana catch. I mean, it might be dubbed the catch because – it was that spectacular, slightly without question. Slightly different circumstances as far as the gravity of the game, but, I mean, this was a humongous game, hey, Virginia and Neil Brown. For us, the gravity of the game might be just as important as it was for the Niners and the Cowboys in that moment. <laughs> but hey, For us in the stadium, it was that. It felt like that, too. Yeah. Hey, I want to take that back, too, for what you mentioned about the fans and what the environment was. You said 45,000. I know that was the reported uh, attendance. Mm-hmm. No way in hell. We both know that there are fewer than 45,000 fans there, but it sure <laughs> sounded like more. It sounded like full capacity at times. It did. At times, it really did. But, hey, they've said this before. When you have the right ones in there and the ones that want to be there, and I just – I don't know about you, Zach. I knew, despite the weather forecast and everything else, I said, I want to be there today. I want to mm-hmm. be there today. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And, man, we were we were rewarded, I think, without question. Um Zach, I do want to say real quick off that, you know, I mean, we could talk the Bryce, the Bryce Ford Wheaton play all day. I mean, we could probably, you know, we, we could sit here and just pontificate on that till, till the cows come home. Right. But I, but we got to move on. Um, and <laughs> mainly just because we got other, we, we've got to talk a little bit about this game coming up this weekend too, but, and there's a lot more in this game too. Right. So I will say the spots on the, on the goal line there, um, for Brees Hall, the one when they got him down to the one, I don't think he got past the three. I'm like, what in the bloody crap is going on here? You know, what the bloody hell is going on? And yet, then a great call on third and goal um, at the one where, you know, where Brock Purdy faked out the whole defense and just walked in. Although he was a little smug there um, with his celebration. I was not a fan of that at all, Zach. I don't know how, I don't know how you felt about it either. Dude's a gamer. I can't, he is. I can't be anything but impressed by the guy. And I mean, he had yeah. a couple plays like that where he just had our guys dancing. Like he, he's got juice. He does. I think he's definitely a pro. Um, you know what? You kind of could say or might remind him of the mage. You know, make some make some real big plays. Makes guys miss. Has a big arm. Um, you know, kind of a modern day guy, right? So Zach, but then you got to think about it. The fact that we come back. After that, and again, respond like we did. Caden Prather making a big play. Letty with two runs, eight and seven. You know, then we have maybe potentially one of the biggest plays of the game where we get on that. So then you, you had the situation there. After Daggy makes that big third down and 10 uh, 
play and, and great throw to Ezdo. He makes an amazing catch along along the along the sideline to get a first down. Then we have a situation where we have your boy Gigi and Dayi both in the game. And my dad says they're both in the game. And then all of a sudden wires got crossed. We couldn't get the play in. Was tough to see, tough to witness. And we're like, then we run a first down and 10 play and get lose a yard. And the crowd was just the crowd was not happy, obviously, at that no. point in time. Um, but then, you know, we continue to to matriculate the ball down the field the way Jared, the where the way Jared Daggy had been moving it all game. And I kept saying to myself, we cannot come away with three here. We are we cannot come away with three. And then Neil rolls the dice on fourth and three at the 22, the huge slant uh, to Winston Wright. And me and you talked about this a good bit. We might have been lucky by about a half second, but that happens every week. And, man, was it a great play call, perfectly executed. And, boys, we had a football game again. Yeah, I mean, if the ref hadn't blinked at the exact right time, we might have gotten hit for the delay game there. And it's a totally different situation. It pushes you back. Five yards of fourth and eight, you're kicking the field goal instead of making that play. But hey, it was it was just on our side that day, and we we got the playoff, made the play, day made the throw, and I mean, what an opportune time for Winston Wright to get his first touchdown of the season, right? First receiving touchdown, I should say. Yeah, yeah, he's he's taking he's taking that one back to the house too. But I mean, yeah, an incredible incredible throw and catch there. And so Zach, we're finally now getting into the fourth quarter, right? You know, and it's like, okay, it's 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 showtime um, with with that play. The defense then stepping up after Iowa State gets the ball to about the around the midfield midfield area. Hall gets a we we stop him for a loss of two. They have a penalty, uh, which was huge. Finally got called for a penalty on a hold for them. I felt like they were getting away with them all day. I'm sure they felt the same way on us, right? Um, mm-hmm. One of those days officiating-wise, it was pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. But that was huge because then, you know, yeah, he completed a couple passes to Hutchinson on that drive, one of which, too, was a big play that we got him stopped along the sideline. I remember that specifically, um, that we were able to kind of push him out of bounds. But then, you know, when it's second and 22, not a lot of plays in the playbook, third and 16, we're able able to not get that pass interference calling a ball at sales. We've got the football back, Zach. And we've got it back, man, with about 11 minutes. And it was, was a, you know, a drive that I think, you know, you look at it, it's only a six-play, 85-yard drive, right? Um, but, man, Letty with the big 20-yard run where he finishes it off with a stiff arm. Then you get the, a big pass to Esdale to midfield. And then the bomb to BFW puts you inside the Iowa State six, um, where then, you know, you did the damn thing and had it handed to Letty a couple times and plowed it in for the touchdown. We get that close to the goal line. Letty's getting the call from the fans. Letty, Letty, Letty. Also, too, nice, nice on that drive to get that penalty in the end zone, which put the ball at the two on second down. That definitely didn't hurt us at all. So at 925, we're up. And I think everyone at that point in time, you know, was like, oh man, let's just get this thing home, right? And Obviously, the next drive for Iowa State ended uh, very fortuitous for us. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's... another, maybe another officiating. St- we, I think, people said it best when they said the ESPN Plus cameras being there might have behooved the Mountaineers there on a Saturday because you couldn't see it. 
you just could not flat see it. And that probably was Iowa State's best drive of the game, too. Oh, yeah. They they got it down there and good shots. I mean. It was Purdy. I mean, Purdy ripping off Purdy mm. ripping off two runs of 22 and 23 on that drive. But I'll tell you what. Faking big dudes old out. Play. That, long, that long run he had, faking dudes out, getting ended up getting Charles Woods hurt. That's a huge, huge guy to lose, especially with uh, Fortune being out for the season. Yep. We cannot be without Woods as well. He's played since the bye week. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. I mean, and I want to say this too. Stonewalling him down there at the two-yard line. A play in the moment, you're like, okay, well, he gave up 23, not good. But from I believe it was Mahone who made the made the tackle and Stonewalled him up there. Mm-hmm. Huge. And then, boom, the fumble happens. And I don't know about you, Zach. When it happened, I, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, our guy's running with the football. Um, yeah, because you know, we're, in the, we're in that other side. We couldn't see it as well. And then, man, we couldn't find an angle. Obviously, like we said, fortuitous bounce for sure. Yeah, the angle does not exist. It didn't, and and they took long enough to try and find it. That'll tell you that much for sure. Five-minute reviews, never good. But no. it worked out. So, Zach, the only other thing I got we got to talk about now, I mean, you get it back with five 5.57 on the clock. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I was less than thrilled probably for the first time all game other than toward the end of the first half with the play calling. I don't know how you felt about it. I was a little like, why are we throwing the football? And I feel like the crowd kind of felt the same way. I've, I've had people talk to me about that, wondering the same thing. I was actually at the barber at that point, but you got the ball with basically six minutes to go. You're I mean, not you can't sit on it, it totally, but right, you're not going to sit on it for six minutes. That's a very situation, especially they've got timeouts left to use. I mean, likely, so I understand again why we were trying to do what we were trying to do. We we ran a little bit, but I mean, we were trying to pass and move it up, and you know, try. I mean, here's the thing, though, Zach. Here, out of Iowa State's hands, so I get it. I, I understand I, the frustration, I, though. I do, and here, here's my only thing, right? And, and it's my only thing with it. You ran it for five on first down, and then we throw it. Okay, I get that. And then you got a third on third down, and a great play to Sean Ryan. You move the six, right? So then at this point in time, Zach, then you throw it three straight plays. That to me, I was that to me, I was like, ugh. And so I would say gets the ball back with 342 on the clock. Um, and that was a little bit like Oh, boy. Like, we gave them a lot of time. Now, granted, they were at the 16. We did move it up enough to where, you know, Sumter was able to have a nice, nice little pun in there. But I'm like, oh, buddy. You know, especially after how the last drive just went, it felt like they had a lot of time. It did. It was it was nerve-wracking without a doubt. And somehow we pull it out. It's, it's a nail-biter down to the wire. And, yep. again, it was one of those things where we were feeling – Pretty nervous about it, but you know we. we I will tell you, never had a doubt. I will tell you, Zach, never had a doubt. We left no doubt in the second that they played the Coach Stu speech. Oh, I knew it. I knew we were going to win that football game. I don't know about you, you knew it was going to happen, right? We Um, that that place went ballistic. All thirty-two thousand of us. (laughs) Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. 
Was and that, then was that the we stretch didn't. where we went during the TV timeout for like three straight minutes of going, let's go Mountaineers in the stadium? Was that that point or was that another time? I believe that was the, the time after that, Zach. Okay, because it was hype. Like that was, oh, it was. That was insane. It was. Um, man, and, I mean, you think about a couple of plays on that particular drive for Iowa State. One in particular that just kind of just runs into the back of my mind. Um when Purdy, when Purdy gets that 14-yard run, right, on third and 15 after we had just gotten the sack, I'm like, all right, man, let's go. We are where we need to be. And then we stopped him on a fourth down two on our own 42 right before that, right? You're like, okay, like, this is where we – this we've got him. We've got him. Um, and then, man, to have, to have the play happen where they don't – where they've already used their timeouts, right, and so they're struggling to get up there. You know, the, the sack has already occurred. The clock is running. Purdy makes the big play. They say he doesn't get out of bounds, which I think was the correct call. Um, uh, granted, again, Iowa State fans probably feel much differently, but I think it was the right call. Stins, trying to extend the ball out. I think his knee was hit in bounds for sure. For them to then get that false start, Zach, that was, was a stroke and an, an absolute, you know, just a, a gift from above, I think. It was it was massive, to say the least. I mean, you you get that penalty with a 10-second runoff. You go from having 18 seconds to under five seconds. You went seconds. from having 14, 14 to essentially three at that point in time. Yeah. So that was unbelievably fortuitous, and it may have been a difference in that particular moment of the game because that's a lot of time to lose it really was and granted you know because of that play and right there before that I mean you have a fourth and one and they're trying to run the play with 14th and then the false start occurs I think due to crowd right and then you have a fourth and six at the 30 it felt like he was farther back Zach and then I rewatched it Sunday and I'm like oh my like they weren't that far away um and he I mean he got it through the back of the end zone um and then, you know, obviously our guy caught it, you know, literally on the other side of the white there on the end zone. And uh, it was all she wrote, man. And we started seeing country roads and the Mountaineers, in my opinion, got the biggest win in the Neil Brown era at this point, for sure. I don't think there's a question. Obviously, the discussion before was Virginia Tech because just the rivalry and obviously Virginia Tech was ranked at the time, which ended up not being quite uh, quite accurate. But, you know, that's how the season worked. We've definitely got a legitimate um, best win of Neil Brown's tenure. Maybe biggest win of his career. Obviously, they've got the LSU win that they had at Troy. Right. Definitely up there on his list. But just what Iowa State's done to this team, even beyond Neil Brown, you know, he he spoiled, Matt Campbell did, spoiled the special Greer season and just knocked us out in embarrassing fashion at their place. Yeah, they did. And, and they'd owned us, man. They had owned us before uh, Saturday. I mean, think about it from this perspective. Had 38 points in this game. We had 34 in the previous three meetings combined against them. Whew. That's that's big time. I but mean, you know we what? bounced back big time. And obviously after the 42-6 to six loss last year, Brown explained that that was a major turning point yep. for them and what they were trying to do in the offseason. So it was a major motivating factor. Them. Oh yeah, this obviously meant a lot to them. Everybody, everybody in that locker room was motivated to make a statement in this game. 
And they did. It's one thing yep. to try and do it. It's one thing to prepare to do it. Go out there and do the damn thing. And that's what they did. They absolutely did. And I think this is something, too, to kind of think about, right? That locker room. And they big boyed us. They bullied us. They absolutely mm-hmm. kind of owned us. The Neil Brown era, right? Before Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, too, even in Will Greer's last season, uh, you know, they owned us as well there. Now, granted, the time before that, Zach, I'll even say this, Will Greer's junior season, we had a couple big plays. Otherwise, we were we would not have beat them even then. So, mm-hmm. that scheme is tough, but we figured it out. And, man, the absolute biggest win of the, the Neil Brown era. I'm going to say this, though, Zach. Do you think Saturday – if we come out, come out of this thing, and we're singing Country Roads at seven o'clock, that Oklahoma State then surpasses this Iowa State win for the biggest win in the real deal, Neil era. So I mean, I know that we've had our struggles with Oklahoma State over the course of our Big Twelve. Obviously, we had a couple big wins. You know, no bigger than the time that they were uh, in Morgantown, number nine in the country. Um, they had Mason Rudolph and all those guys. Big win there, but just the way that Iowa State's just manhandled us like you talked about, I feel like that win will just stick out, especially, like I said, as much as it meant to Brown and the program and the guys in that locker room. They wanted this one bad, and you could tell. I mean, you see the video after the win in the locker room. They went – I mean, you don't see Neil Brown act like that ever, but he was hype. meant a lot to him. So – if we get Oklahoma, I don't think anybody's going to be saying that it's not massive. It will definitely be huge. It'd be the biggest win ranking wise that right. we have with right. Neil. So that'd be a big deal. But I don't know. There's some. There's something about that Iowa State win, especially with what Campbell's done at Iowa State. He has really built something special there. So that's that's just a big one to me. I think. I totally understand what you're saying, Zach. There, I will say this, and it it is huge. It is huge, and they wanted it bad. And like you said, he wants to bottle up that feeling of singing country roads for those kids and have them know what that is and, and, and have it be what they strive for, right? But, man, Gundy's owned us. Uh-huh. I mean, we've lost to these guys six straight years, Zach. I mean, you think about it. The phantom fumble with Greer. The last two years with backup quarterbacks, only scoring 13 points and losing tight games here for Neil. Dana couldn't couldn't buy a win versus them other than the one time that he might have you know who knows what he did to to get that win there uh, mm-hmm. back back in back in the what the four and eight year or the three and nine year I can't remember the exact record but it was like our one win and they were a top ten team at the time um, kind of interesting how they're similar ranking wise to what they were then um, coming into this one Saturday just saying yeah a little uh, little suspect might. Might be some recurrence here. Let's hope so. little interesting. So, Zach, let's real quickly – we don't want to get too into the weeds here um, on Oklahoma State. We'll kind of allow that to be more of a, a, a kind of a uh, – in in the pick. I mean, we're going to bring you in for that this week when we talk this game. But let's kind of real quickly well, talk well, a little bit uh, – let, let me hit oh, a couple ahead. things on Iowa State if you don't mind. Just a couple things. Yeah, hit them. Hit them. So, just a few talking points here. So I mentioned how we had more points in this game than we had the previous three meetings against them combined, right? The offense, Third down conversions? Third down conversions were huge. I mean, you look you look at that. 
I don't even know what our numbers were for that. It was like nine of fifteen, right? Nine of fifteen, and Zach, we were eight of twelve at one point in the game. Yeah, and that's insane. And they were two of twelve. And we were succeeding on first and second down. That was a big talking point for them as well after the game. I mean, we were more manageable second and third downs. And that's that's when you're going to see those kinds of conversion numbers. That's what you have to do. When you went on first and second down, it makes your life one hell of a lot easier. And that's what they were doing. Iowa State, conversely, did not. Nope. Their numbers were like 3 of 12 or something like that. Two not of good. 12, 2 of 12 on third down and 2 of 3 on fourth down, Zach. Massive. Also, our one fourth down – was rather big, right? We know that. Yeah, you could say that. I yep. would say that. <laughs> I'd, I'd say so, too, to start the fourth quarter, tie back up. Yeah, I'd say that's huge. Yeah. So, this offense is doing things. Most points, because Iowa State's been playing some defense now. Past few years, oh, they've been really coming on that side of the ball. That's the amount of points they have allowed since 2019 against Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts. So, that's Pretty solid, especially the way this team's been playing offensively, at least before the bye week. But since the bye week, you know, made some adjustments, I guess. Tried to get some new stuff in there. Got the guys reset in some way. Believe they've changed play calling duties. I don't believe Neil Brown is taking those responsibilities anymore at this point. Nobody, it may be making a difference. Nobody knows, but I think the main key to why is this offensive line is playing so much mm-hmm. better. It's that's the major difference. You've got guys. The major difference. I love how you put that in there, Zach. Nicely done, right? Yep. Yes, sir. You you've got all five guys who start the game playing every snap. You've got Yates, Gemitter, Frazier, Nestor, and the freshman in Milam who's really starting to come into his own. These guys are playing every snap. Whenever you were cycling guys in and out the six weeks before the bye. And it wasn't to get them experience. It was because you were trying to find out what you had and who was going to make make it work. And this is two games straight. We've had the same five guys. Game. We've Parker Moore out there as a sixth offensive lineman down in the red zone on a couple occasions, which I'm all for. Bring all the guys too, you can out there. Bring, Bring all the big all, bodies you can. Like, like the old Winnie's commercial says, where's the beef? Bring <laughs> it all in, man. You know yeah. what, especially with our boy Letty behind it. I also want to say real quick on top of what you said there. Offensively, we ran the ball 29 times for 122 yards. 4.2 a pop. While that doesn't look extremely impressive, it was impressive when you watch the football game, especially against that Iowa State front that was not allowing nearly that heading into the game. Yeah, they, they've been stingy in that regard. And, you know, Running the ball isn't something that we've been doing overly successfully when you think about what you wanted and expected out of this team. But it's really starting to come on the past couple of weeks. And you you take that and all the success that Daggy's had the past couple of weeks, you credit a lot of it to the offensive line. And one thing we talked about with Daggy too, when we were deciding how the quarterback situation should be handled moving forward, the line had a huge part to play in that. Daggy's not a mobile guy. If he wasn't getting the blocking he needed to be – clean in the pocket and make the throws because he can make the throws, but when he's getting, he doesn't have that escapability, that kind of thing. He's been kept clean, was not sacked one time in 46 dropbacks. 46. Zach, I just, I'm finding some wood right now here. Okay. I got you too. Found some wood. Okay. Yep. Um. On it. But I'm just saying <laughs> that's especially against one of the best defenses we'll see all season. That's big time. Okay. 
That's that's now, a granted, huge, and you know what else huge too? performance by the offensive line. Let's also think one other quick thing here I want to mention, unless you have something else, but look at that time of possession, by the way. Mm. Against Iowa State, uh-huh. 34 minutes with the football, that's credit to the O-line right there. No doubt about it. So, you know, Daggy's doing what he has to do, and he's having time to do it. He's yep. moving around in the pocket a lot better, but he's got a cleaner pocket to work from, and he's making great throws, pushing it to the boundary. Like, I mean, I've never seen a guy throw like he did on Saturday, and – all the credit goes to him. A lot of that to the offensive line. So I want to throw another stat at you as far as the points yes. are concerned. In the five games excluding LIU, so six games, five excluding LIU, 20.8 points per game. Mm-hmm. Two games after the bye, 33.5 points per game. And we were a blocked field goal away in the TCU game from hitting 30, the magic number of 30 in both games. So they're they're making they're making some moves, man, and it's it's showing in spades. It absolutely is, Zach. And by the way, no score gami this week, obviously 38 31. Ah. Uh, you know, hey, we'll we'll take the win. Um, so Zach, let's real quickly talk a little Oklahoma State here. Um, I do want I do want to mention something real quick here. As good as Iowa State's defense is, Oklahoma State's defense is also very, very impressive, right? They only give up – they give up 90 – they give up less than 95 yards a game on the ground, Um, 295 total, only 18 points a game. Now, their scheme's obviously different than Iowa State's because nobody plays that quite like Iowa State does. And by the way, to the announcing crew from ESPN Plus, I love Brandon Whedon. I thought he did an all right job. But for the love of everything – when you're playing a team that ran the three three five for 18 years, do some homework before you come in there and tell us that they invented the defense when you're playing the team that literally ran it for forever. I mean, come on now. Uh, I don't know. I actually didn't even get a chance to listen to the broadcast. Well, so. I'm, I, if I wouldn't have been going back to it, I wouldn't have known, but I heard it, and I'm like, come on. You know, that's just – that's inexcusable to some extent. Um, but Brandon Whedon's all mater, Oklahoma State coming in here, man – I think we have the better quarterback. Our offense oh, is averaging yeah. more yards. We're actually averaging more points, 29.6 to 29.4. I, the only they, they are better at running the football than us. That's kind of their identity. Um, Spencer one, Sanders is finally going to get to play against us. Um, but I think we're ready for him, man. I do too. And he's, he's prone to making mistakes, you know, take the ball from him. But – the defense has got to continue to be opportunistic. They've got to continue to attack the way they have been the past couple games, you know, making plays, getting turnovers. That's going to make a huge difference because Oklahoma State's tight and stingy. Like I said, I best defense in the Big 12, bar none, one of the best defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your chances aren't going to be as a plenty as they were against, say, TCU, one of the worst defenses in the in the league, but showed against a defense like Iowa State that we can perform offensively, and hopefully right. that only continues to expand. So, continue to be opportunistic, and we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. That's that's the biggest thing. We've got 100%. a turnovers and like a pick six type deal. You know, he's had bad decisions, but hopefully we can cut that out against Oklahoma State because we're going to need to be, you know, be as perfect so than we were at Iowa State. I, I'd agree. That I, I will say this, though, too. 
Iowa State has playmakers on the offensive side of the football. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders is not Brock Purdy, okay? Mm-hmm. He has some mobility, but he's not Brock Purdy. Justice Warren is a good running back, but Brees Hall's better. And they, yeah, they put up 55 on Kansas, but finding ways to get to get to get wins, right? I mean, the Boise game earlier in the year wasn't a thing of beauty. Um, I just I'm telling you this right now. I have a feeling, you know, that if we are able to hold on the ball, like you said, and Eric Deggie's playing quarterback right now, making smart decisions, getting the ball out where he needs to, distributing it to so many different wide receivers. Hopefully the healthy wide receivers too. There's some some murmurs and some kind of smoke that there might be a couple injuries there. I don't know for sure. Um, so no reason to speculate. But let's hope we have a healthy receiver room. Deggie's ready to roll. And I think, man, at that point in time, we create a couple turnovers. Oklahoma State is ripe for the picking. Hey, they uh, they've been pretty clean up to this point. Obviously, Iowa State barely got them in Ames. So they they bounced back nicely against Kansas. Obviously, put on a better showing against Oklahoma did, but they uh, they're coming into Morgantown where it's going to be a little more out, you know, all the way through against Iowa State. I think there's going to be a little half capacity for this one. Ooh, was that a little shot there at the clones there, Zach? I don't know what the deal was. I don't know why we wouldn't have filled it up besides the weather. So oh, we're not my bad. You're talking about you're talking about the. Our crowd for Iowa State, not the crowd at Jack Trice when they when they lost. Okay, gotcha. All right, following now with you. <laughs> but I, I'll also the, as far as the offensive weapons for concerned, obviously you mentioned Warren, great running. They don't have the receivers that they've had. Nope, no Talon Wallace, no Talon Wallace yeah. anymore. No, no Stoner either. Stoner has been a Ooh, mountain old Dylan killer. Stoner, one of the best yeah. names in college football back in the day, man. Absolutely. Yeah, so them not having those. Big difference that might play into a bit of Stan- Sanders is you know underwhelming play at times, but he's he's got some juice. He's got the legs. We just got to... obviously we had a bit of a hard time against Purdy doing that. I know they're not quite the same, but he's he's got some talent in his own right. But hopefully we can force him into some mistakes because we know that he's capable of making them. Absolutely, and I, I'm going to say this, Zach, real quickly here. Um, to kind of to kind of wrap a bow around this, because I think we could go on, we could go after it all day in terms of X's and O's. We do know that Oklahoma State scheme wise is different than Iowa State, so hopefully, like we said, Deggie's preparation has been spot on. You hope you get that again, right? And I think you will. I don't think there's any reason to think not. The key, obviously, is being able to run the football and protect Deggie. You do those things. We got an opportunity to win this game without question. I love that we're a dog, three and a half. Um, I'm kind of feeling that the total at 49, my friend. Slam the under. I think our defense is going to come through big time on Saturday, make a few plays, and I think we're going to continue to show this offensive line's maturity and run the football enough to allow our receivers to make big plays down the field with Daggy. I'm not letting you. I'm not going to let you defer, Zach. I'm taking the ball and I'm scoring. I say the Mountaineers hit the 30 mark again. We win this thing 31 to 16 on Saturday versus the Pokes. We're going to make them kick some field goals on Saturday, I believe. Keep them with the under. I, that's yes, going to be one of my picks this week, without a doubt. 
that's going to be an. Now, under granted, game. we were so wrong last week on the under; it wasn't even funny if you had that. So, <laughs> buyer beware. <laughs> well, you know, the way I've been picking the past couple of weeks, my hot streak might be over. So, anything I say, yeah, take Copernicus. Away. Yeah, go the other way of Copernicus at this point. But Zach, what do you think, man? What's your pick? Oh, so I know I'm what gonna... I want you to do here. Just being honest. You want me to pick us to lose because that's what happened last week. Yes, sir. That's kind of where I'm leaning, but I feel like I'm playing the universe and they're not going to respond well to that. They're going to rub it in my face. Okay, good good call, good call. It, it's your pick. So I want to do that just to keep the reverse jinx alive, but <laughs> I'm going to say we find a way to pull it out and we keep this post-buy undefeated stretch the unlikeliest of stretches that pretty much anybody could have expected alive. I'm going to say West Virginia 27. No, make that 30. West Virginia 30. Get 30 number, my friend. Yes, sir. 30 to 24. No, that's not the under. You're going to have to cut this. <laughs> hey, if you don't feel the under, you don't feel the under, man. I do feel the under. I'm like positive about it. Maybe yeah, I'm trying to reverse jinx it. my pick. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so I'm so caught up in the jinx world right now. Um, let me let me stick with my 27. We'll say 27 to 20. Keep me just a shade under that under. Shade under that line. Okay. 27 okay. 20 West Virginia. 27 20 Mountaineers win it. I love where your head's at, Zach. I really do. Um, I believe also that this is a Mark Jones RG3 crew as well, just to say it. Love your Not pick. Bad. Not bad. Going to be a fun game Saturday um, for our Mountaineers. 3.30. Uh, should be kind of cold, Zach. I know you won't be in attendance, um, but I will be bundled up again for sure, buddy. Will not be a Polo Boys game for me. Um Maybe go crew neck. Maybe even break out the toboggan. We'll see. Uh, cannot wait, man. Cannot wait to see Major go up into the ring there and get the jersey retired. Well-deserved. Hope you guys enjoyed the beginning of the podcast. Um, and having him come on with us was 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 amazing. Uh, and, uh, man, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun day Saturday. And we get this one, and you gear up for K-State next Saturday at noon. And uh, continue to trust this climb, Zach. Feeling real good about what Neil Brown's building in this football program right now. Feels like some of those rich teams in the early years where they start slow and they figure it out and you don't want to see them. Yep, that's what we're hoping for. It was truly a treat to have Major on. It's going to be awesome seeing his number get put up there on the on the wall of fame um, behind that end zone. So hopefully it goes a little better than it did for Daryl Talley. <laughs> his lettering. <laughs> I, some there, but uh, agreed, agreed, and hopefully we get the win. Unlike when Daryl Talley's number was retired. Absolutely, let's go, Mage. Let's go, Mountaineers. Hey, let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Till next time, y'all. Take it easy. in trouble, stiff arms, a would-be tackler, comes out of the 25 and 20, goes around about the 15 to 10 to 5, a touchdown with Virginia, he did it! What a move he made on the first tackler, what a move he made on the second, on the third, and he gallops
gets it for the touchdown. Takes it all the way in. Yesterday, country roads take me home.